Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer, an arranger, and a world traveler from Tokyo, Japan, Satoko Fuji. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Satako Fuji with us, joining us from Japan. Thank you for coming, ma'am. Well, thank you for having me. It means a lot. Uh, could you give a short introduction about yourself to the people? Um, I myself is a piano player. Um studied in the States and now lived in Japan, but I used to live in Boston, New York City, and Berlin, um, Germany, and now in Kobe. And, you know, uh, I do back and forth, Tokyo and Kobe, between Tokyo and Kobe. And uh, I do um, many different projects going on. And, uh, you know, of course, the pandemic stopped me, but I still, you know, record my stuff in my place. And I started, restarted touring uh, in Europe and in America from this year. So the life is, I mean, pretty much the same now. Um, that I'm so glad. But, you know, of course, it's not completely safe. But um, anyway, so I just toured Europe. And before then, I toured America, where I recorded my 100th uh, album as yes. a leader. That's something I wanted to yes. talk about. Yes, 100 Dreams. First of all, congrats on that. Yes. And how do you write 100 oh, thank you so much. albums? Like you were you were recording one a week at one point. No, well, you know, at first that means I'm old enough. <laughs> but also, um, I didn't count it. I didn't realize until someone told me you have already ninety nine, and uh, so you know, I just chased the thing that I would like to do. And I ended up having 100. So it's not so special for me. It's, I'm, you know, for me, it's just on the way. And I still feel like I'm a beginning. I mean, I almost have 100 episodes of the podcast and I'm looking forward towards that. But you don't see 100 albums as a big deal? Literally? Um. Well, you know, I myself, I, as I told you, I didn't know. I didn't count it. And... Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised, you know, how I did it. But um, this ended up like that. I think, you know, I'm, okay. I'm kind of sick. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so one thing on this album, it's like most of yours. You have jazz parts, you have open improv spots, and then you have just mm -hmm. atonal all over the place, which... Yes. I yeah. don't know how you do it, how you write it. What comes to mind when you do that? Um, it's very difficult to explain because everything, you know, 
I studied classical music mm -hmm. and studied jazz and uh, studied some Japanese folk music and everything um, I think you know I got in my inside and uh, somehow I mix it so it's like you know kind of like chemistry <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of difficult to explain how I make the music I just don't use any theory that musical theory that I learned, I studied, I just let it go. Okay. I just follow but my feeling. Yes. Do you at least write it out ahead of time? Is it in your head what you want to do? Or is it just one of those things where you just start playing and it's, that's good and you write it down? Well, first, first at all, I compose almost every day. And the first thing I do is, you know, of course, I do have breakfast and uh, I have coffee. Then I start composing before I practice piano. And uh, so I do have special book, which I called daily book. They, they you know, um, Sometimes I compose only like um, two bars or sometimes whole piece, but you know, just really depend on how I feel, but I do so every day. So I do have kind of like, you know, in my saving account, I have a lot of stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you have yeah. like a whole bunch of stuff and then you just flip through the book. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, that being, that's a smart idea. I don't know many people that do that after university, but. <laughs> well, um, I started doing so when I was in Berkeley College of Music. I went to Berkeley at NEC doing the conservatory after that. And at Berkeley, we had Chick Korea. Uh, like, you know, on uh, doing a workshop and I attended it and he mentioned composition is just like practicing. You need to do every day. Then, then I decided to do so. So it's kind of like, you know, for me, it's, it started like maybe like 34 years ago. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, if Chick Corea is telling you that's something you should do, I should shut up and do it also. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I give you that. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So you went to Berkeley. Where did you go to school in Germany? Did you, or you just lived there? Uh, Germany? Yeah. Yeah, I just lived there. I didn't go to school there. I was too too old already. Okay. Which part I mean, of Germany? Yeah, then? I was there. Yeah. Oh, you? No, which part of Germany? You Did you live? Which? Ah, uh, Berlin. Oh, Berlin. you lived in Berlin. Okay. Yes. Where everybody lived. I've been to Frankfurt. Okay. <laughs> so I was just curious. Okay. 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 And what made you move there? Because at least when you were in Boston, I understand you're going to New York. But what made you choose Germany? Well, that's because I and my husband 
lived in the States, lived in Japan, but never lived in Europe. So that's the reason. Okay. Does your husband play also? Well, he's a trumpet player. And he's in my project, um, Hyaku, which is 100 album. So I, you know, play with him all the time. Oh, I didn't put one and two together. My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and one question on that album also. Why did you add a bassoon in it this time? Well, I wanted to, well, you know, when I formed the band, I didn't think about instrumentation. I think about personal taste. I mean, like, you know, I wanted to have Wadada. I wanted to have, like, you know, all musicians. That's because they uh, they sound great. That's not because they play, like, you know, something like, you know, they play a particular instrument. So I really loved Sarah Schoenbeck, I mean, um, her play. So, you know, I... Of course, ended up having bassoon because she plays bassoon. So, and for me, as to tell the truth, this is the first time that I wrote something for bassoon. Okay. So, which scene did you like better? Since you've been to a few places and you lived in there, did you like the scene in Japan better? The scene in Boston, New York, Germany? Which one stood out the most to you? Well, you know, everybody asks about that, <laughs> but um, it's pretty much the same. I mean, all places have good things and bad things. And uh, so it's very difficult to compare. And uh, I cannot pick which one is the best. Because um, for me, I love like, you know, New York City, which has a lot of things going on, very exciting and big city. And I love Tokyo, pretty much same reason. And uh, I like um, Berlin, Germany, that's because little relaxed. And I like Kobe, where I live now, uh, that's because um, much more relaxed. I mean, the that's big city, but it has mountain and the sea, so a lot of nature, mm -hmm. and also less people and good restaurants. So there are so many different reasons, and uh, but it's difficult to say good okay, okay. and bad. I'm from yeah, New York, yeah. so we'll pick on New York. What don't you like about New York? Well, <laughs> every time when I arrive New York City, I feel like, okay, ready, I can fight. <laughs> it's like in a very kind of like tough city, which <laughs> is, yeah, <laughs> which is very alive, but I cannot lose here. I, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, you know, yeah, that's a little different from Tokyo. Tokyo is more like, um, because of culture, I think, Japanese culture, I don't need to yell all the time. I don't need to say about my, about what I want all the time. But in New York City, 
I have to tell what I want. And uh, that's like, you know, for me, because I was born in Japan and I was grow up in here, I don't have that kind of, um, what can I say? Um, well, you know, in Japan, um, people are considered, I mean, we are expected being very quiet and uh, not to say a lot about ourselves. So it's, you know, of course, culture is different, but New York City is, you know, that's good and bad because yeah, I, can see I love that bad. kind of test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you live in New York City. Yes. So, okay. And I only okay. visited Japan, so I can't even really say anything on it. And plus, I'm a foreigner there. So I'm uh -huh, pretty sure uh -huh, th those uh -huh. rules don't really apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, um, that's one of the reasons that we lived in Germany, because uh, we can't visit there, but we don't know anything about you know, from experience, just visiting, even like, you, even like, you know, two weeks be, being there, it's different. Living there is totally different experience. That is true. Okay, but yeah, yeah with this. so your music, do you think you'd be writing stuff like this if you only, if you never came to America? It's difficult to say again because um, this is my life. I live this life and I didn't do any other things. So I cannot, I, I cannot tell if I don't go New York City, um, what kind of life or what kind of music I would have. So, but obviously I think, you know, um, that's the biggest, one of the biggest experience for me being in New York City. I mean, like, you know, having big influence musically there. So I'm pretty sure without being in there, especially in New York City, I probably wouldn't write that kind of music. Okay. That's actually a good Actually, here's a question on that then. So what do you think you would have been writing more? More straight ahead stuff? Well, well I have a question. What, what do you mean straight ahead? Like typical 12 bar blues, AABA format with a bridge. <laughs> well, I don't write that kind of stuff. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> for a long time. Well, you know, but it's very. I think I inherit jazz spirit, but I don't inherit like you know um jazz style, which is like like as you said, particular form. I don't, I don't do that, but I mean, I believe jazz is a music that we don't see in the museum that's alive. And also, you know, that can include many different things. And in that case, I inherit jazz, I mean, you know, idea, spirit, which is 
So I actually, you know, think I play mainstream jazz in that way. But people laugh when I say that. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so since you brought that up, so what do you think of the jazz scene currently right now? Do you think people understand and appreciate your music? It's also difficult to say because, you know, there are certain people who really love this kind of music, very creative and uh, not in style. And some people are very open, but some other people, you know, they would like to hear music in some style and they expect something that they know. So in that case, you know, it's very difficult, but um, but, you know, anyway, some people really like my kind of stuff, but not many, I mean, in the world. I mean, doesn't matter in Japan or in the States or in Europe or in other places. There are some people who love this kind of music, but not many. Okay. So do you have any problems getting it on the air, unlike on the radios and stuff? I know, I know John, Downbeat wrote a good article on you the other day. So some of the mm -hmm. media over here still push you or at least publish you. What about in general? Do mm -hmm. you feel like you're losing out on the jazz audience because of this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say in America and in Europe, I can have, um, I mean, like, you know, they notice me. I mean, they um, present me a lot. But in Japan, I think it's very difficult. Um, okay. Well, Japanese people, many people who love jazz, as they love jazz in sixties or like in you know, a post bebop stuff. So okay. it is kind of difficult. Yeah, I understand that. When I play, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Yes, and right? I do believe that most of Americans like post bebop or fifty mm -hmm. sixties jazz the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I yeah, mean, yeah. Kind of blue came out yeah, what blue. seventy, almost seventy yeah. years ago, and that's one of the only <laughs> albums you hear people talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that case, jazz is like classical music. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> the audience, it's a split thing. And then you have people who don't see, quote unquote, smooth jazz as jazz. People who don't see uh -huh. certain covers as jazz. So I don't know where to go with that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think... Um, I don't know, with some reason, people can relax if they know, they hear something they know. So people don't expect some new experience in music, some people. So it's kind of difficult to access, uh, access them somehow, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, By the way, hmm? yeah, keep going. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you understand my English? I understand it. Trust me. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> okay, so when you were learning improvisation on top of classical music, what made you uh-huh. decide to go put that, apply both of those to jazz? And did your teachers like that? Well, you know, um, I started studying classical piano when I was four. And I studied uh, seriously until 20 years old. And uh, I wanted to go to Japanese conservatory music college. Then when I was 18 years old, I realized um, I cannot, I couldn't improvise at all in front of piano because I was trained um, playing rhythm stuff. So without rhythm music in front of me, I couldn't play anything. I was so shocked. And jazz came to me around then. And for me, um, jazz is more like um, improvised music, which I was so um, fascinated. So for me, jazz means improvised music. Of course, you know, they have some, some of them have form and some, you know, particular character, but basically big difference between jazz and classical music or right now, you know, you know, um, jazz has improvised place, but classical music, most classical music don't have improvisation stuff. So, yeah, so I was fascinated, um, improvised stuff. And uh, so when, you know, the reason I started studying jazz is because of that. And uh, for me, I need to have improvised stuff, improvised section, especially like, you know, for this project for my 100th album, because I got so many improvisers, I cannot write everything down and tell them, you know, just play as written. Well, because I would like to hear their voice, their music in my music. Yeah. So, yeah, I always put something like, you know, um, improvised stuff in my music. Okay. Interesting on that. So, is there a lack of interest in jazz from the youth in Japan? What do you say? The youth in Japan, is there a lack of interest in it or do you think they still like and appreciate it? I think, you know, um, as I told you, there are several people and several um, group who who appreciated jazz still, yeah, in Japan. Okay. And the younger ones do too or not? Yeah, yeah, you... You said youth, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting because sometimes when I play in Japan, some young people who don't know anything about jazz, 
like you know some people who love noise or rock i mean like you know underground stuff and they came and they were so fascinated what we do and so i think they are very open that way but they don't know anything about jazz but they just um enjoy the music in that way okay so one other question on that then where do you think jazz yeah. will be in 10 years mm. <laughs> Well, tell me, <laughs> how do you think? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say it again. Every time I say it, people get upset with me. <laughs> really? Yeah, people get upset. So you, <laughs> really? So you think jazz is dying, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. You were just in New York. I I, let me name a few of them. 55 bar, Cleopatra's Needle, Jazz Standards. Uh-huh. That's just three of them. Uh-huh. No longer in business. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Zinc but Bar doesn't really play also, jazz anymore. Yeah. You, you get it. You get what uh-huh. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I think one of the reasons is not just because of, because of audience, because of pandemic also affected affected that kind of stuff i hope but anyway um in 10 years i cannot think about after 10 years i just cannot think about i even didn't expect my 100th album i needed to count it some um and you know after someone pointed out. So I'm like, you know, person who live in right now in here. So I don't think about 10 years later, but I think I'm pretty sure um, just where we people need music. That's I know um, because I was in New York City when 9-11 happened and uh, we didn't hear music at all from radio from tv or you know no music at all i mean when 9-11 happened for 24 hours i didn't realize but next day i went to um penn station because i need to take train and I didn't know if it ran. Mm-hmm. So I went there and they had like elevator music background in the station. And uh, it was such a big experience ho- for me. Then I felt like, you know, I realized I didn't hear music at all for 24 hours and I could feel many other people in the station also appreciate that kind of music. You know, it's not special music. It's like background elevator music. But I could feel that people really appreciate and people were kind of healed with music. And from that experience, I believe we people need music. So I'm pretty sure 
even you know people don't buy CDs anymore. <laughs> we still need music, and we will not it throw away. So jazz would be still there, I think. Okay, and since something else you mentioned, are people buying albums or CDs in Japan? Yeah. They are or not? Well, you know, obviously less and less. Okay. But yeah, but um, in Japan, there are special people who were um, called collectors. You know, crazy to get albums. I mean, crazy to get like, you know, limited version of some vinyl or even CDs. They need to have physical CD. That kind of people, I think, you know, they still buy CDs. But of course, young people don't know even what is CD. Okay. So, so they stream yeah. mainly there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was hoping for something else over there. <laughs> Everywhere <laughs> in the world, it seems to be the same. Because streaming you know takes a you, lot of yeah. money for people. Yeah, you know what? Um we still have a tower record in Tokyo. Word? <laughs> An actual record store, a CD store. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's good news, right? That's great news to me because I miss record stores. <laughs> okay, you can visit Japan. <laughs> Been there once. Not a fan of long flights, but if I go again, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Yeah, I can um, show you some record store. Okay. So, <laughs> if you were 18 years old and you could turn back time, would you yeah. talk yourself out of being a musician? I think I'm pretty sure I will have exactly same life. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what is... Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I am very happy right now. And uh, I don't have anything that I regret. Okay, that's... Actually, nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's refreshing, if you get what I mean on that. Well, maybe I'm old enough to forget something, so <laughs> I don't know. Okay, and what is your next album, since you probably already recorded it? Is it going to be the same thing? Is it going to be more? Well, I do have a new album coming out in February. Um, that's a duo recording with uh, Otomo Yoshihide. Japanese guitar player and uh, just two of us du duet. And uh, we had a show in January 2022 at the club between in Tokyo. And we recorded and we loved the music. So we decided to put it out. And a French label called Isla Records uh, will put it out. This is the 101st album for me. Okay. I look forward towards that one. 
it's probably yeah, going to just... be all unique and just random like the other ones, which I love. But... <laughs> <laughs> People, yeah, it's, it's like just, I'm counting yeah. different time signatures and then all of a sudden she just switches it on you. And then all of a sudden a completely, the instrument you don't expect to solo with solo by itself, of course, without any background, without any rhythm section. And then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I do have uh, actually my solo recording waiting um, will be released in June. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting at least two albums from you next year. I like that. Okay. Well, but there are, there is two more. <laughs> um, <This is> girl. <laughs> what? Well, you know, actually, because I were I had to wait. I wanted to make this album as my 100th album. So I put other things that I already recorded, um, you know, waiting after them. So I do have four projects already set up that in is, 2020. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Just a random question. Would we ever see a pop straight ahead album from you? Not saying I want it. I'm just curious. You said bop? A pop, a mainstream. Oh, you mean jazz? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't uh, understand what I mean. I think I do understand, but as I told you, I believe I'm playing mainstream jazz. <laughs> so, but you you were talking about like other style jazz, yeah, jazz other style. Um, I was kind of tired. <laughs> I studied jazz music for more than ten years, and uh, after then, I spent another 10 years not to play jazz. <laughs> so, yeah. So I kind of got tired already. But I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I might play like, like, like post bebop stuff. I don't know. But I think, you know, um, it's okay. I just wanted to know. Just, I'm not trying yeah. to take your style away. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, it's working. So keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know if I do that. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm just curious. What is the best compliment you ever received? Okay. Um. You know, I have been doing what I want to do. So I basically, I mean, of course I'm encouraged. I was encouraged what people say, but basically I chased my feeling. But for example, uh, last month when I was playing Tampere, Finland, mm -hmm. one guy was waiting for me in front of the hotel with some of my CDs and he told me he 
has been listening to my music for more than 20 years and he really loved it and uh, I was so I mean what can I say I was so moved I mean you know someone well, <laughs> that was a big big discovery for me okay someone is listening to my music <laughs> so yeah I mean that's one of the biggest um moment for me also you know sometimes at some concert after the concert some mm -hmm. people come to me and they started playing music because of, of you know because they got um inspiration from my music that's you know also very very i mean like you know uh, special moments for me that's you know i know some people get inspiration from my music yeah these things are very special experience for me okay well ma'am i want to say yeah. i love your stuff regardless what oh. people say <laughs> That's why when I got you actually booked on this, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so he, now, you know, I can tell yeah. where I got like, you know, some interview and he has been listening to my music and that's, of course, encouraged me. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> Anytime. Well, could you tell the people your website, your social media, where to find you, all that stuff? Okay, well, my name is Satoko Fujii, S-A-T-O-K-O, F-U-J-I-I, two eyes, not like Mount Fuji, which has one eye. But um, you can just Google my name. You can get my website, which is satokofuji.com. And also, um, I do have Facebook and Facebook fan page. Twitter, Instagram, I do pretty much everything, but um, Instagram, I really don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Twitter, I don't know what I should tweet. So, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, <laughs> um, people can find me everywhere. I think, you know, uh, if they Google me, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure I add all that to the website. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And the thing about Twitter is people just want to know updates on yourself, like life stuff, random stuff. What? Um, lifestyle? Yeah, like what you're doing. Like, ah, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, basically, I have no hobby. And I'm like, you know, workaholic. And uh, I mean, 100 albums. Well, yeah, you're a workaholic. I give you that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like eating. So you can so, post the food you're eating. You, you know, you're on the opposite side of the world. There are people who would like to see that. But, you know, it's kind of stupid. I mean, you know, <laughs> reporting, okay, I eat this for lunch. <laughs> So what? <laughs> I, so I, you know, 
on, like when I was on road, sometimes I put like, you know, I put picture in some restaurants. That's because very special for me, but not in my place. I oh, mean, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Understood. <laughs> well, ma'am, thank yeah. you for joining us. Of course, another episode that goes unexpected the way I was, but yeah. Now I feel stupid for using Twitter. Well, ma'am, <laughs> thank you for coming in. And everyone, this is another episode of Impov Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.